This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. So many businesses worry about what happens when they train and invest in their people. What happens if we train them and they leave, it's been said. You probably heard how this ends. What happens if we don't and they stay? Now, I know for so many businesses out there right now, turnover, employee retention, hiring new people, it's a challenge. And today's guest is actually so focused, they've narrowed their focus so much on the customer service rep that it's all they do. The team over at Power Selling Pros coaches and trains CSRs to help them deliver a wow experience. When that homeowner meets your technician, they can't help but say yes. There's so much synergies in what we do over at Core Matters with helping companies attract, hire, and retrain great people and what Power Selling Pros is doing by training them. Today's conversation was a very exciting conversation for me. So much value. Get ready to take some notes as I welcome today's guest, Zach Garside, the CEO of Power Selling Pros. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you so very much. I'm really excited about today's conversation. You know, we do a lot in helping home service contractors find customer service reps and not just any customer service rep, but the good ones. I'm sure that's what all your clients want as well. Tell me a little bit about Power Selling Pros. And then my first question for you is, what is the biggest myth about customer service reps and their ability to sell and close that you want to share with our listeners? It's really interesting. Brigham is the founder of the company, Brigham Dickinson. He was doing advertising for contractors like 13 years ago. And he got the typical beef with that his clients gave him that all marketing agencies get. And that is the leads are no good. These leads, they're not who we want to work with. They just want a ballpark price. They just want to talk to our technicians. Brigham out of one desperation because his first business had just failed and he did not want to let this one fail too. But number two, out of experience, because he'd actually been a CSR before. He saved the business basically by saying, let me coach your CSRs. Those people taking the leads, I bet you if I coach them, that you'll realize you don't actually have a lead problem. You have a customer service problem. And that's what he did. He coached the CSRs. It was like magic. Increased the booking rate. Customer experience got better. They sold more services over the phone. And his marketing agency transformed into what we are now, which is CSR training for the home services. I love that so much. You know, people come to me all the time saying, Ryan, we we have a hiring problem. And I always ask them, I say, hey, last year, how many people were on your team at the end of the year? And they'll be like, 12. How many W-2s did you issue? 47. You don't have a hiring problem. (laughs) You have an employee experience and a retention problem. That's good. I got to figure out a way to ask that question to the CSRs. But so when you were telling that story, I was like, I just got to share my own because that's how I got where I'm at. Great synergy. So tell me what this myth, you have a lead problem, but it's not, you have a customer service problem. And that's what I heard. That's right. Think about it. If you go into any business, any home service business that is struggling to grow, needs help, please help us figure out what we needed to do to grow. The first thing they should look at The highest point of leverage, the lowest hanging fruit, whatever analogy you want to use, is the phone calls you're already getting. There are already people picking up the phone to call you. Are they booking with you? Are at least 90%. If it's anything less than 90%, you could be doing better. And it doesn't cost you anything. 
Again, they're already calling. All you got to do is figure out how to provide a better customer experience so that they'll book with you and not call anyone else. Well, hold on a second. I've talked to a lot of contractors over the years and they'll tell me, oh, you know, I get better leads here, better leads there, whatever it is. But I almost always see the conversion rates like 25%. You just use 90% in your example. So it's possible to close more? Of course. You don't have to deal with the 20% close rate? I guess you call this myth number two. Everybody thinks, well, customers are just looking for the lowest price. Or I use price as a filter, people say. Like I have a $89 dispatch charge. That's to filter out the price droppers, the cheap customers. If somebody is calling you with a problem that you solve, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, garage door, pest control, carpet cleaning. If you solve the problem, they're calling with the problem. Why are you losing 80% of those calls? The only reason that you should lose 80% of the calls is if your marketing is actually terrible and you're like, you're getting wrong number calls all the time. You're getting people calling looking for Pizza Hut and your plumbing business. If they have a problem, why would you say 20% is our average? You mean 80% of the people who call you with the problem just hang up and continue having the problem? Well, when you put it like that, Zach, <laughs> ouch, why don't companies fix it? There's so many reasons, right? There's, there's five main ones. Number one is because the CSR position, the call handler, is notoriously the highest turnover, lowest paid, least respected, least trained person in the business. A lot of business owners just think, well, that's how it is. I visited a, a large call center earlier this year with a pretty big turnover problem. And I asked them, what are you guys doing about this? And he said, well, it's customer service. Like That's just how it is. I said, yeah, well, it's going to keep being that way if that's how you think of it. You can't think of it that way. Otherwise, you're going to have those problems. I know businesses where CSRs have been there for 5, 10 years. They love it. It's a career, culture, like you said. That's the number one reason people don't work on it is they assume it's just how it is. It's customer service. We have to deal with it. The second reason is because change is hard. People, old habits die hard. A business owner will invest in a training. You know, like we're going to do training for a day or I'm going to get my call center manager to train them for a couple hours. And they expect change to happen, which it won't. Change does not happen once you don't go to the gym for two hours and you're suddenly ripped. You have to have a plan for consistent growth, feedback, accountability, training. And that's really hard to do. It's hard to sustain an in-house training program. That's why most companies don't have one. Those are the biggest things right there, though. Hey, here's so much truth in that. As a business owner, especially a smaller contractor, they've got 37 different things they have to worry about every single day. To put together a training program, hold your people accountable there, coach them, listen to calls. I imagine sometimes it feels like a waste. Like I'm doing all this work and putting all this energy in and I'm not getting anything out of it. It's one of the reasons people reach out to us. I call it the cool uncle effect. They basically come to us and say, I've been trying to teach them. I've been trying to change them. Nothing is changing. I figure maybe a third party like yourself could help. Help me understand this a little bit. If we just invest in our CSRs, we can... It sounds silly to say it, but we can 4X our closing rate. Let's do some math for a second. Let's do it. What is an average company's average ticket? $300, $500, somewhere in that range. Let's do that. Let's say you book, not even double, quadruple your close rate. Let's just say you book one more call a day than you are right now. One of those customers that's, that hangs up because they don't like the price or you can't get there soon enough or they're shopping around. You book one more of those a day, I'm really bad at math, but you've got 250 working days in the average year, $300 average ticket, 250 working days, $75,000 in extra revenue from just one more call. 
I'm in a booking right now. That's all. That's it. And again, this like this doesn't cost you anything. You lost it. By the time you're listening to this podcast, you probably lost a phone call today you could have booked. I hear that and I see how you did the math, but I can see a lot of contractors like, well, our CSRs don't actually close. We've got to send a tech out, do the estimate, and then it's up to the tech to close. We're booking calls really well, but our closing rate's not that good. What do you say to companies like that? My favorite answer for that from a CSR training standpoint, that's a great question. You know, Tommy Mello, you know? I do. I was just on his podcast. You were? Yeah. I was on his on last Thursday, literally four days ago. He told me a great story. When his mom was answering his phones, she would pick up that phone with so much energy and joy. And she'd be like, oh, Tommy's coming to your house. You're going to love him. He's absolutely amazing. And she would just get these customers so excited for him to come out. And when he got there, People would hug him. They'd be like, so excited. Hey, thanks for coming out. Really grateful. The CSR can actually influence the close rate because they're pre-framing the customer. If the CSR provides a bad experience, your technician has to work a little harder now because that customer is pre-framed to be skeptical. Like person who answered the phone was really not pleasant. Hopefully this guy's not the same. But if the CSR is like, wow, amazing, then your technician probably has a better shot of closing the job. I think that's great. We talk about that customer experience that you mentioned earlier. It starts with that CSR phone call. And if they frame it right, it makes every other part of the process so much easier. First impression. Wow, that's fantastic. Let's talk about some action items, some things that our listeners can do without going in and firing all their CSRs and starting over because they're not performing. What are some things that they can do? Quick hit things. I love the things where they can get a nugget and by five o'clock at the end of the day, they've already implemented. What's a couple of quick things they can do to help their CSRs right now? The quickest thing you can do, number one is make sure you're recording your phone calls. That's the place to start. You have to record your calls. Otherwise, you can get some traction, but call recording is where you find real power. So you got to record your phone calls, number one. Number two, make sure that your CSRs start every phone call by saying three words, okay? You, they pick up the phone. They say, thanks for calling Awesome Heating and Air. This is Zach speaking. How can I help you? Customer says, my air conditioner is not working. The first three words you should say in response to that almost every single time are, tell me more. That's it. Just incorporate the words, tell me more into your call scripting. That's the first thing you should do because most companies immediately launch into... Have we ever done business with you before? What's your address? They basically treat it like it's just a transaction. You want it to be more than a transaction. You want the customer to know that you're listening to them and that you understand them. Customers do not buy from the best companies. They buy from the companies that understand them the best. So show them that you understand them a little better by just asking, tell me more. And they'll tell you what's going on. And then at which point you can go on and then you can go on and solve the problem, book the call. But that little thing improves the customer experience significantly. Helps you book more calls because customers feel more understood. And it just makes the job better. Nobody wants to feel like they're just mindlessly processing transactions. If I'm going to be sitting here answering phones all day, I might as well have fun with it. I might as well have good conversations with people. That's fantastic. So tell me more. Can really transform that experience, but also set your CSRs up for success. One other, one other, I'll add one last thing. When would you like us to come out? A lot of CSRs will answer every question under the sun. They'll tell you how much it costs, what the schedule looks like right now, how long we've been in business. But very few ask that customer, so Mr. Jones, when would you like us to come out? That simple question increases a lot of people's booking rates. You don't really have to sell them on getting the service. You just got to get your tech in front of them. We still sell it. We call it building value. 
we try to do that after we book the appointment, actually. I want to show the customer I understand them first. Show positive greeting, demonstrate confidence, listen to them, tell me more, empathize. Oh, that's terrible. I hate to hear that. Then reassure them. We can definitely help you out. I'm glad you gave us a call. When would you like us to come out? I want you to come out as soon as possible. All right, well, let's get some information. Let's take a look at the schedule together. What's your address? What's your phone number? What's your email? Okay, now that I've got you in the schedule, I have an available appointment this afternoon at two. May I book that appointment for you? Customer says, sure, sounds great. Now I build value. I say, great, Mr. Jones, we got you on the schedule for this afternoon at two o'clock. You're going to love this. What we do is we send out a technician. He's backed by our company and totally trained. So you're in very good hands. He'll do a thorough inspection, let you know what he finds, do a little in-home consultation with you to give you your options. And have him come do all that. It's only $89. With that, Mr. Jones, you're all set. They're building that whole experience. Like you talked about earlier, that pre-framing, like you're really just setting it up for success. When that tech gets there, they're going to knock it out of the park and it's going to be easy for them because you coached and trained your CSR, that first point of contact. Build that value, set the expectation. Do you know what shoots so many companies in the foot that no one talks about? I've never heard anybody but me talk about this. And that is if a homeowner calls you and they don't book, oftentimes they'll tell you it was because of the price. In reality, they didn't book with you because you didn't help them visualize what the experience will be when the technician gets there. The reason that's so important is because when I hang up the phone after booking an appointment, who am I immediately going to have to answer to? My wife. My wife's going to ask me, hey, did you get that sorted out? Why did you choose them? And I need an answer. Because she's going to be like, wait, we have, we have to pay $89 for them to come out? Why? I need to be able to give her an answer. When I'm talking to you, If I don't feel like I have a good answer, even if I like you, if I think you can do it, if I don't have a good enough answer to give my wife when she asks me why I agreed to pay $89 for the dispatch charge, I'm going to hang up. Not because you aren't good or you're not qualified or I'm actually concerned with the price. I don't feel like I have a reason to give my wife to explain what I did. We buy emotionally, but we also need to justify logically to somebody else. That's why people buy Ferraris and then they're like, oh, the gas mileage is awesome. We're like, no, you're having a midlife crisis, Dan. You wanted to buy a Ferrari. You got to build that value. Give them, visualize the experience so that I can picture this is what it's going to be like when he gets to my house. Then I feel good booking with you. Then I feel good explaining to my wife, oh, well, he's coming out. He's going to do an inspection, in-home consultation. That's what we're paying $89 for. You make it sound so easy. Step by step, this is what you do. And you're going to quadruple your close rate. And I imagine it doesn't sound like a difficult process, but I imagine that there's a lot of people listening going, yeah, that'd be great. And there's something holding them back from doing this. Where do so many of these companies get stuck? Because it sounds pretty easy to me. Create a great experience, give them something to sell to the spouse after they hang up the call and just guide them through it. I mean, that's what I heard. You were going through your steps. You're really just guiding the homeowner through the process. Instead of them having to figure it out, you're just walking them through it, saying this is what it's going to be like. Why don't people do this? What's holding people back? It is simple, but it's not necessarily easy. As you and I talk about it, you're totally right. It is straightforward. It is just as simple as I outlined. But then you have the pressures of actually being a CSR. Most CSRs don't just book calls. They're doing invoicing, permits, payroll, administrative tasks, dispatching. They're slammed. And customers are also unpredictable. You never know if they're going to be upset what kind of pace or tone they're going to bring to the conversation. If the customer sounds really rushed, it can get a CSR feeling a little frazzled. 
because they know what they should do. And we hear this all the time. The CSR says, yeah, I know what I should have said, but the customer was just in such a hurry or the customer was just, they just really wanted a price. Customers are very good at selling to CSRs. They're very good at selling their point of view. One of the most important things is to understand it is a simple process, but it does take time to master. And we do one point at a time. We master the greeting first. Let's make sure the first 30 seconds of the phone call is impeccable, that you have a good greeting, the customer feels heard, understood, cared about, sufficiently reassured. Then let's practice asking for the business. Let's practice building value. Let's practice overcoming price objections when that customer says they're going to hang up piece by piece, one thing at a time. That's how we, that's how we help. That's such a great point. And I think a lot of people forget about that is we're helping people recruit these CSRs and and hire them. They're so focused on, you got to answer the phone. You got to close the deal. You got to answer the phone, but they forget about all the other pressures associated with being a CSR. Totally. It's a lot. In your process, I imagine that you have ways to help them cope with that, deal with it as you're building this out. Is that fair? Yeah. Every company is different. Some companies, the CSR is taking on so many things that the phone call kind of feels like a hindrance, even though it's a new customer. Like it's literally the most important thing you could be doing right now. After in that business, it feels to a lot of CSRs like an interruption. I was working on all these other tasks. Now I have to do this. There's a mindset shift that has to happen. They realize the importance of the phone call. There also sometimes needs to be a change in responsibilities. You cannot expect the first impression of your business to also be the person who holds the entire office together. Maybe when you're very early and you don't have the resources to specialize as much. But as you grow, a CSR ideally should have three jobs and three jobs only book the call, create a wow experience, and uncover additional revenue opportunities by selling maintenance plans, making outbound calls to open estimates, selling additional services that your company offers. That's what a great CSR should do in the long run. Again, small companies, they do a lot more than that, but you want to work to that point where they're only doing those things because then they can focus. They can create that great experience because it's literally the central part of their job. If they don't feel like it is the central part of their job, though, like it's just a piece of it, then they don't quite see the importance of it. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've actually spoken to CSRs and and they'll tell me, oh, the reason I'm leaving doing an exit interview or something like that is because I thought I was going to be booking additional calls, creating a wow experience and and looking for other revenue opportunities. And that was like 10% of what I got to do. And so the calls were always going to overflow. They were always going to the answering service. I wasn't able to get enough of the other stuff done that I needed to do because when the phone rang, it was like, stop everything. And it was just, it's a disaster. It's like chaos. Absolutely. When you were saying that, I was like, the best CSRs are the ones that want to just do those things too. People are driven by mastery. We want to be very good at something. Eventually in the short term, it feels nice to do a lot of tasks because you can see your impact. There's a lot of instant gratification. But in the long run, I think we all eventually realize I'm more so just like getting dopamine hits every day by doing short-term tasks. I'm not actually building a long-term skill set. And people want to do that. They want to master a specific thing. You've got to figure out a way to help your CSRs master their job and not feel like they have to be so caught up in what feels like five other people's jobs. Again, in the short term, it's gratifying because you see your impact, but in the long run, it leads to burnout, high attrition, 
and just a lack of meaning. I show up every day and I just like check boxes on a to-do list. I'm a glorified receptionist at that point. I'm thinking of listeners, actually thinking of some some contractors that I know that I'm sending this show to them. (laughs) You need to listen to this before we talk again. So much great stuff here. One of the things that you said when we started talking early on was people aren't comparing you to your competitors. Let's unpack that for a little bit. Because I really, I keep hearing customer experience. I hear it over and over and over in everything that you're building and what's really separating the companies that are implementing your process versus the ones that aren't. Let's talk about that. Where is this homeowner at when they call you and what are they comparing you to? Yeah, customers no longer compare you to your direct competition. They compare you to the best brands in their lives, period. Don't flatter yourself. They're not sitting at the kitchen table with you and company B making a pros and cons list. They're not giving that much thought to this process. They're thinking about the fact that Amazon delivered a package in 24 hours yesterday. They're thinking about the fact that the worker at Chick-fil-A stood out there in the rain and said, my pleasure, when I got my peach milkshake the other day. They're thinking about all of the incredibly high expectations that the best brands in their lives are setting and whether you match up. Because if they can, the soulless, giant corporations, then my local business better. Notice how that's shifted over the years. It used to be that the local business was the one that everybody loved talking to, right? Having conversations over the counter, connections, everyone knew the owner. There was such a deep community there. That's kind of switched to where we give all our data and connections and we do everything through the giant corporations and the small businesses. Homeowners are really like, we'll see. Maybe they'll call me back. I wouldn't expect. It's totally flipped. It should be the opposite. That makes so much sense. Even in the recruiting side of things, these big Googles and Amazons and Walmarts of the world, they've gotten really good at recruiting people. They're not good at retaining them. That's a whole different episode, but they're really good at recruiting them because they got these corporate machines. And then I hear all the time, these small home service contracts because I can't find anybody. It's not like they're saying, I don't want to work for a small business. They just don't know they want to work for you yet because you're not putting it out there. You're not saying, hey, I've got an expectation to live up to. And I feel like that's the same thing you're saying here. And I love the Chick-fil-A example. We've talked to some people about where do we recruit good CSRs? I don't know who's training great CSRs. I mean, essentially the guy standing out in the rain selling you your peach milkshake could be an amazing CSR if he doesn't need the face-to-face interaction. That's a great idea. You need a new technician or a new like comfort consultant and you're struggling to hire, go drive through Chick-fil-A and be like, hey, how much are they paying you? Dude, you're going to find some great talent in the Chick-fil-A drive-through. I'm telling you. I say Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out. Like those are the two. Like go recruit these high school kids that are looking for their first career who've had amazing training and go find them there. Why is it that you think that these contractors don't take the time to say, hey, they are comparing us to the best brands in their lives. How do we live up to that? Or maybe a better question is, what is one thing that they could do to start moving towards that and, and narrowing that, that gap between the best brands in these people's lives and themselves? I think people don't do it because it's short-term easy, long-term hard. The easy thing now is the hard thing later. The hard thing now, which is getting the customer experience right, is the easy thing later. And people almost always default to the easy thing now, which is continue doing business as usual, right? Maybe raise our prices a little bit, complain about the customer. But immediately in the short term, I think that, and I'll give you, I'll tell you a story. A couple of weeks ago, I actually screwed up bad with one of our customers. I created a really awful, terrible customer experience actually for somebody that we work with. 
I totally messed up this conversation with somebody. They felt like really underserved, really disappointed because we're a customer service training company <laughs> and I provided a pretty bad experience. Like I, I was like, yeah, that I messed that one up pretty bad. Now I treasure the customer experience. It is the most important thing. I know that customers will be loyal to the brands that they feel the best about. So what did I do? I went to my team on a all hands meeting and I basically told them the story about this major screw up that I had. And it wasn't like this was a long time ago. This was literally like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, guys, and I showed them the email exchange. I showed them the exact mistake that I make. Total transparency, right? And I told them the reason I'm sharing this with you guys is because a wow experience is the only acceptable outcome. That's the only except, not just from you guys, for me too. We must create the best experience possible. And it starts with the leader. So you got to be transparent, open with them, like get on the phones. You want to breathe some life into the call center? Go in there for a day and answer the phones. You want to breathe some life into the sales guys? Go do some ride-alongs, like visit them, talk to the customer, show them that you're willing to do the thing you ask of them. That's how you start. So practice what you preach, right? Don't just tell them, show them. I love that. If you want to preach it, practice it first. And then so you have something to preach. No, this is fantastic. You know what, Zach? This has been an amazing episode. Like I said, I'm, I'm already thinking of people I'm going to be sending this to once we publish it. But I promise you there's somebody listening right now saying, you know what? I got to learn a little bit more about what Zach does and, and maybe his team can help me. How do people get a hold of you? And I think you've got an offer for them as well. Share that with me. When we go on podcasts, we invite people to go check out Power Selling Pros. Dot com. That's powersellingpros.com slash free, F-R-E-E. When you go there, you have the chance to get a bunch of free training samples. You can use it to see what we are all about, or you can just use it to share with your team and inspire them. We actually use some Chick-fil-A stories and other contractor stories and examples in our training that you can share with your team. You go to powersellingpros.com slash free, get some free training samples from us. Great way to start. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. And I'm starting to see there's so much in the hiring stuff that we deal with, maybe it's not really a personnel problem. Maybe it's a training and coaching problem. Maybe you hired the right person. They need some extra support. It's been fantastic. Thanks so much, Zach. My pleasure. Thank you so very much, Ryan. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by bluecollarculture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to bluecollarculture.com.